0: Blog talk Radio. Talk to the animal,
1: to Welcome to the Pet Psychic Radio Show on blogtalkradio.com, starring our very own world-renowned pet psychic, Laura Stinchfield. Hey, everybody,
2: I'm Laura the Pet Psychic, and I can hear animals telepathically who are living now as well as those that have crossed over. I dedicate my life to teaching humans and animals how to understand each other better.
1: And you can go to www.thepetpsychic.com, where you'll find so much more about Laura the Pet Psychic, tips on animal communication, animal behavior, and it's only a few days away from Christmas. So you can get your certificates for the holidays there. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah.
2: It's a great gift for people.
1: Yeah. Do it. Call um, or go to the website um, and check it out. Uh, You can call in at 917-889-2693. That's 917-889-2693. You can also log into our chat room where you can chat with other listeners and ask us questions in there. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your producer and co-host, Aikusuhara. we got Kendra and Deanna on the phone line, so you'll be talking to them. Thanks, ladies, for helping us out. Um, it's the end of the world, <laughs> right? It
2: comes up, supposedly. That's what they say. I don't necessarily believe it. Do you?
1: <laughs> no, I don't believe it.
2: Maybe the end of the world
1: as we know it. Perhaps, perhaps. What do you think... Um, The animals think about this. Should we ask the animals? Yeah, I think we should ask
2: the animals. You know, there. I have a friend um, who actually is sort of into this whole end of the world thing. She doesn't think that it's actually going to be the end of the world, but maybe we could ask her cat. Okay. Okay, so her cat is Chloe, and she has, like, the most unique little face you ever saw. She's, like, a little tabby, and she's got white on her, and she has, like, she can very much, you can see her bone structure in her face, and she she's very adorable. So, I'll get Chloe, and I'll ask Chloe, what do you think about the end of the world? Yeah, Chloe,
1: what do you think? I don't think it's happening, so. She,
2: she says that she thinks it's a good time to do rituals and prayers. And it's a good time to set your intentions, And these are important because they help manifest what you want in your life. So you have to think real clearly that what you want in the next world. And she's sort of saying, like, in the next beginning of the year, I think, even. Yeah. And you know what? If you really think about it clearly, and you write it down, and you pray about it, and you sing about it, and you work towards it, everything you think about will come true. I believe that. But what's interesting about that is that's very much like her mom, her person.
1: Yeah. Her person would do
2: all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what's cool about that is, yeah, maybe it's not gonna be the end of the world tomorrow, but it is a good time for us to like reflect about life and yeah, maybe set good intentions for you know it's not something that you think about every day, yeah, so it's a nice reminder,
2: yeah. yeah, I can ask another animal who I know who's who's whose teenager is really sort of freaked out by the end of the world, okay, okay. I'm going to call this Labrador Emma, okay? Not their real name, but okay, that's yes. what I'm going to call her. Okay, so I'm going to ask Emma what she thinks about what her teenager thinks about the end of the world. All right. I think that it's foolish
3: because
2: <laughs> I can tell in the air that everything is normal. I would imagine that if it was the end of the world, it would feel a little bit like an earthquake coming, and I don't feel any earthquake, but I do want to say I think it's important that people do think about what they want and how they want to live, because some people live not the way they want to live, they should live better.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. I think that's along the same lines, though, you know, what we're talking about. So that's kind of it
2: neat. Is. Emma's teenager actually does also have a really positive slant to him also.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Well, that's really neat. I guess we'll find out maybe a little bit more about what our animals think at the end of the show during uh, Words of Wisdom with Storm King and Friends. <laughs>
2: Sounds good to me.
1: I think we should ask your animals. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to them all at the uh, end of the show here. Uh, so okay. let's take some calls. And for all of our callers, uh, again, the number is 917-889-2693. Um, you can start preparing your animal um, to be on the air by asking your question to your pet. So you want to start uh, visualizing and stuff like that. So, Laura, tell them about how people can visualize um, and prepare their pets for talking okay. to us on First the radio. Of all,
2: that that you want to tell your pet that um that they're to listen to the show and that we're going to be talking to animals today and they can learn a lot about what's going on in other animals' lives. And um tell them to tell them that you are going to ask them a question. And then ask them the question, whatever it may be. So uh, let's say it's um how are you feeling in your body. So you want to have feeling of like what a question would be and then sort of scan their body in your mind, like sort of picture their body in your mind and then picture like like thinking about do you have any pain in your body and you think about their neck and their shoulders and their back and their behind end and the way they eat and and um and tell them to think about that answer and to be really clear. And then they might get on the show um, and be able to tell tell Laura when you can sort of picture my voice or like imagine my voice so that they know exactly who I am. And you know a lot of people get stressed out about like oh I can't visualize like oh visualization is really hard for me. Just as long as you're really clear in what you're saying, they're gonna get it. So don't worry. So you know be confident. Um, yeah, you want say, just in general, you want to stay away from using negatives, like don't worry, don't be scared, because when we say negatives like don't be scared, you actually picture the fear in your mind, whether you're conscious of it or not, you create this picture of fear in your mind, and then also the feeling of fear. So when you say don't be scared, they can actually hear be scared. So you want to say be confident, be brave. I know that's not really any sense, but that's just in general.
1: Yeah, um, these are all good tips for just animal communication in general. And I just have a quick question before we get to our first caller. That was a Aloha barking in the background, if yeah. anyone heard that. But um, I have this thing where I start, I'm trying to not use the negative. So what is, I keep saying stop barking, but isn't that still sort of a negative? Yeah, be quiet. Oh, be quiet. There you go. I couldn't think of it. I was like, wait, what am I supposed to say again? (laughs) Yeah, be quiet or close your mouth and
2: lick and yawn.
1: Okay, got it.
2: I always say to Luca, Luca, think. Because a lot of times if they're thinking, they're
1: not going to be barking. I say use your brain yeah or use your brain exactly. I say that too a lot. Use your brain <laughs> I use that one a lot. Use your brain <laughs> all right. let's get to our first caller. Uh, we have Adrian who has a black long haired cat um that has passed away uh named Ashes. ashes Adrian yes, um, tell us about ashes
0: um Ashes was a great cat. she was very beautiful, she's long hair. Um, her her coat turned kind of reddish in the winter, and it and it was really cute. She looked like a little lion. she was so cute. Um, you know how people look at you and kind of tilt their head like so? She
2: would do that. Oh, and what do you want to ask
0: her? Tell her there. I want to ask her how exactly she died, and oh. um, tell her that Tiger, Princess, and me all miss her very much. Oh. And uh, and ask her if if Ozzy hurt her. If who hurt her? Ozzy. And who is Ozzy? Ozzy's the cat I called you about a, two or three months ago.
2: Okay. Uh, and what does Ozzy look like?
0: He's a black cat, also. And, he, and so, he's did you per-
2: find? Did you find um, Ashes passed away in the house? And do you think Ozzy heard Ashes? Is that weird?
0: Me and Ashes were sleeping on the bed um, oh. Saturday night, and I found her Sunday morning dead right next to me. But oh. a few days earlier, Ozzy. Um, I was looking at her, and everything was calm until um, the next time I looked around. Uh, Ozzy had her in his mouth.
2: Oh. Okay. Okay. Let's get ashes. But what a wonderful way to pass away. That's like all of our dream that our animal could pass away on the bed with us sleeping. <laughs> it's so nice. Um. Okay, let's get ashes. I like that name, too, for a little kitty. Hold on. Tell my mom I'm flying high. Tell her it feels beautiful. It feels like wind through your hair. And there's never a sad moment. Everything is filled with love. And here I can still feel you petting me, and I can hear you whispering to me, and I don't feel very far away. Tell my mom not to be scared for me. And Ozzy sort of hurt me, but he didn't cause my death.
0: Okay.
2: He sort of pinched me. Okay. And he hurt my back a little bit. Mm. But he didn't cause my death.
0: So what, how did you die?
2: I just slipped away. There was a woman that came that had a bun at the top of her head. And she just said, come with me.
0: Who was it?
2: And I said, okay, because you're so beautiful. <laughs> She has really clear eyes, and she wears an apron. She likes to walk in gardens. Do you know who that is? (laughs)
0: No clue.
2: Sometimes what happens when they see people in heaven can be many, many different things. It can be someone they've known in the past life, or it can be, someone they knew in this life, like a friend or family member that passed away, or most often it is a a family member, a friend, or an ancestor of yours that has passed away that may not have known her in life. And they often come for animals because they love us. And I always pay attention to what the animals say about them because it's little clues on like who they are. So, like a bun in the hair, an apron means that she probably likes to cook. She likes to walk and garden. So, like a grandma, of yours or an old friend of yours. Wow,
0: I really have no clue.
2: Yeah, just I was just sitting there because. Maybe, maybe in a few days or something, it might come to you. Maybe she's saying something else. Tell my mom this woman is really careful with me and everything particular. So she's saying that the woman likes things in in different places. Like she likes to keep things organized. Oh. So that, I would really I just think about it, because maybe it will come to you, and if you think about who it is, give us a call back and let us know.
1: Okay. Yeah. That happens yeah. a lot. Last time we had someone who that happened to as well, so yeah, definitely it, give it, us a call. It's been
2: a long time to remember who it was.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks, Adrian. Mm-hmm. Um Our next caller is Susan, who has two semi-feral uh, brothers. One brother is a short gray hair, and the other one has charcoal black. They're about three and a half years old. So, Susan, uh, tell us what's going on with um, with your cats, and what are their names?
4: Um, this is a continuation. This is the rescue house with um, all the special needs fosters, long term oh. fosters and the two we got 10 out of the 11 up to the vet for the flea outbreak that I can't treat with chemicals because of my special needs but we got 10 of the 11 up there and they were up there for you know they some came back this afternoon there's still a few that um I have to go up and get uh to probably tomorrow but the one that stayed here could not be caught at all, even with a have a heart trap, the black one the brother uh that's still up there is Gareth, and he had to be caught with a have a heart trap, which I hate because it's it's so scary for them, but he did get up there and he was treated, and he's probably coming back tomorrow. The one that could not be captured in any way is Grayson, and they're both very skittish to the point where if we had a a really serious you know, emergency here, they would perish because I couldn't, I couldn't get them to safety.
2: Yeah. So, what would you like me to ask them, or who do you want me to talk to in particular? And well, what, and what's the question Well,
4: Grayson's Grayson's here. He's the one that's been here by my with me alone for you know over a week. And, and
2: which, which one is Grayson? The, the Grayson is one? the
4: charcoal gray one. Uh huh. And it looks very much like Thunder who had her legs so ripped up badly last year. Um, And his brother is the all-black one that's still up at the vet.
3: Okay, But he he should be coming
4: home. I can't hear you. you, I want to ask them to please let down their guard and trust me because I tell them every day and show them every day how much I love them and want only the best for them and that they've simply got to... At least with me, get over their fear of whatever it is with humans, and so that I can help them to stay healthy and protect them. Great.
2: And are they going to come through you? Are you a foster? or Are you adopting them in?
4: I'm sorry, I'm not able to hear you.
2: Are you Are you going to be keeping them? Are you going to? Oh yeah, they're
4: here. That it was a foster situation with the rescue group that went belly up.
2: Okay. Great. So, okay, so for everybody out there who rescues an animals, and I'm going to send this out to the two brothers as well, it's really, really important to talk to the rescue animals about, about um, what you want for them in, in their life. And it's important to say to them, I know that you might have had some trauma in your past and sort of picture trauma in your past, but this is a new future, and you want to think about the future, yeah, and they came here
3: just weeks old and they've been here the
4: whole time.
2: Okay. And so you want to tell them that this, this is this is going to be um that things can happen to them that they're going to have a, have a life that they may never would have ever imagined. It's going to be filled with love and good food and care and that they're always going to be taken care of. And if ever an old memory comes up, to just to know that that's an old memory and that their future is going to be brighter than ever and better than ever, and just imagine them being loved. Okay, so I'm going to ask to tell the two brothers to open up their heart and to um, know that they are safe and loved and that they can lick and yawn and blink their eyes and make friends with all the other cats that are at the house.
4: At the house. Oh, they're fine with the other kitties. It's just humans <laughs> they're terrified of.
2: Okay, good, so that they can make friends with the humans.
4: Oh, yeah. And they need to trust me it's, to have so their best interest at heart.
2: Charcoal once said sometimes she moves really fast towards me.
4: Mm, no, I'm the one that's bed-bound.
2: <laughs> well, I think it's your hand. And also they're showing me, like, maybe it's like a robe or a sweater that's, um, that's, that's uh, draped. And then that can sort of frighten them too. So, and that happens a lot too. You want to watch like your clothing when you're working with skittish animals. Like, is the clothing sort of sweeping towards their face? And also, with some people, your hair. Sometimes when you bend down towards them, your hair can sweep forward, and that can back and frighten them.
4: Oh uh, well, mine's pinned up, so that's, and I'm about mostly bald, so <laughs> no problem with hair here. <laughs>
2: And the charcoal one says, I like the cats here.
4: Oh, yeah, they get along.
2: Sometimes it gets stuffy.
4: Stuffy? I like
2: to have windows open.
4: Well, we can't do that here. It's not safe to have the windows open.
2: I would like a lot of fresh air.
4: Well, <laughs> so would I, but it's not going to happen. Safe. I'm sorry? We know it. I can't hear you. You're breaking up.
2: We know we're safe, we're really thankful, okay, oh, that's nice. Thanks for rescuing them.
4: Well, I just have to be able to ha- to be able to get them to safety, you know in the event of emergency, and they're just not letting me. This is just it's very stressful when they bolt and they won't even let me touch them, plus they're missing out on a you lot just of t l c
2: slower. And be careful. I'm sorry. Season. You're breaking up.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in. Um, what did they say? I'm sorry, Laura.
2: Oh, that Um, sometimes they were saying that sometimes that she moved straight on to them.
1: Oh, okay. And that's okay. really
2: important. Like, like you want to watch. Like, whenever you have a skittish animal, you want to make sure that you don't give them direct eye contact to their eyes. That you actually mm-hmm. look at their shoulder, um, or actually, like, their hip or down at the ground. And then also, if you notice when dogs greet each other and cats, well, pretty much all animals, they'll go nose to nose, nose to rear, and they sort of do mm-hmm. that handshake where they sniff each other's ear. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sniff each other's rear. Um, right. That, it's very unnatural. Like, we, especially in traditional dog training, we want our dogs to come, like, straight onto us or cats straight onto us with our shoulders like straight to their face. And that's an unnatural body language for them. That's intimidating for them. So you can do a lot by just shifting your body language and moving your, act, like turning to the side and actually looking away from them. And then also like bending your torso over them. Oftentimes that's a really threatening gesture because if you've noticed in animal body language, if one throws a, a paw up on the other one's shoulder or if they throw a chin up on the other one's shoulder, that often is a dominant, um, a, a dominant form of uh, communication. And so sometimes when we bend with our torso, which is very natural for humans to do towards animals, it mimics that, and they often get scared and they move farther away. So always bend with your knees, not with your torso.
1: Yeah, and maybe real quick, um, tell us about the calming signals, Real like real quick rundown of the calming signals. So
2: animals have what we call calming signals, and that's body language that animals use to communicate with one another, to communicate with us, and they use them to calm themselves as well. And some of these body language signals are blinking of the eyes, licking the mouth, yawning, like doing a fake snip of the ground. Uh, Stretching can be one, like that yoga down dog pose or play bow, we call it. Um, Cats can, like, do a fake lick of the shoulder, fake groom. Um, Sitting down, lying down, uh, blinking, looking and looking away. I don't know if I said those. But so it's really important that all, I believe, that all pet owners know those signals because then they'll be able to read what their animal is how their animal is feeling. Lack of calm is closing of the mouth, staring, leaning on the front paws. And When you have those behaviors, you notice from there it can go into like a severe fear where they're like shaking or running away, or it can go into a form of aggression where they start to growl or lunge or bark. Or... So whenever you see an animal have wide eyes and their mouth closed, you want to remind them, blink your eyes, lick and yawn. You can actually even blink your eyes and lick and yawn to your animal to help and,
1: them. And look and look away.
2: Yeah. And also about the last caller, one of the things that's so important, too, is to, like, not necessarily saying that she was doing this, but but I think it's common in, um, common in a lot of households, is that people, we get really attached to the issue. Like, oh, my God, if there's an emergency, they're not going to let me come to them. They're not going to let me catch them. And we sort of obsess over that. And when we reach for them or when we're practicing petting them, you know, or practicing trying to get them in case of emergency, a lot of times people are thinking the issue, like, oh, my God, you're not letting me get you. What if there's an emergency? You're not letting me get you. And while you're reaching. I do that. Yeah, it's confusing for them. I think everybody does it. So you really have to slow down and really think to yourself, like, okay, what do I want them to do? And I want them to feel safe with me, let me pet them, and just move really slow. And when she says she's bed-bound and that she is moving slow, it could be that her mind is moving fast. And so Mm -hmm. to them, she's moving fast.
1: Right, right. Yeah, no, I tend to do that all the time. Like, that's like the last... The thought in my mind right before I reach to pick up um, my pets or whatever, do something with them, is like, oh, no, they're going to freak out. And then, of course, they're going to freak out because I just freak (laughs) them out.
2: Right. It takes (laughs) a while to practice, but you can get it. You can definitely get it.
1: I definitely have been practicing more since I've, you know, got to know you and learned so much more about animal communication and animal behavior. So it's certainly... Helped me a lot, um, and you know, just takes practice.
2: It does, and what I found is really helpful in in my family and like working with clients and stuff is to like like with Luca, he has this thing where he still barks out the window, and and um, I like at nighttime when I'm wet, like right before I'm falling asleep, I just say to him, "Okay, Luca, imagine there's somebody outside. What are we gonna do? Okay, so there's somebody walking by with a dog, or there's somebody you don't know walking by." So let's lick and yawn and blink your eyes. And so when he's sort of calm and quiet, then I tell him what I want, and then he falls asleep thinking about that. That's great. And he
1: always
2: wakes up a little bit
1: better. He does. He's Mm -hmm. getting much better. Yeah, definitely. That's so awesome. Yeah. So we have a very special guest today. Um, We have an organization called Sacred Cow Compost, and we have – Denise Degarmo um from Sacred Cow Compost and you can go to uh sacredcowcompost.com and check out their website. Denise Hi. Yes. To the show. hi. Hi, thank you. Um so Sacred Cow Compost it says on your website is a collaborative relationship between humans, uh animals, plant and the soil. Uh tell me a little bit more about what that means to you and uh what does Sacred Cow Compost actually do as an organization?
5: Well, it's actually the Sacred Cow Compost is a for-profit company um, that's principles are to utilize the principles of biodynamics in creating a compost that's going to heal the subsoil of our planet. It was created by Rudolf Steiner, who created the Waldorf schools yeah. in 1924 as an answer to the farmer's pleas in Germany that all their crops were dying and they had no idea why. Um, He did a lengthy study, and what he came up with, you know, every time I talk about it, it just blows my mind, is that um, factory dairy farming had started in Germany in 1924, and the farmers had sold all of their family dairy cows to the factory dairy. Um, And what Steiner discovered is that inside of the dairy cow's rumination process, there's an enzyme that from the time she ate in the days she grazed and wasn't eating, you know, horrible food to the time she pooped, what came out in her manure began as a perfect probiotic for the subsoil of our planet. Secondarily, when that manure hit the ground in the air, it created a series of environmental events, starting with um, creating an environment in those days in the pasture where Five specific organic herbs grew, and they were dandelion, oak bark, stinging nettle, uh, valerian, chamom- and chamomile, and slippery elm. And those herbs, plus that enzyme in her, in her poop, created <laughs> a. This is so awesome! A microscopic magnetic film over each manure pile in the, in the farmer's pasture. And um, that magnetic film was able to pull from the atmosphere perfect and specific amounts of phosphorus, silica, and nitrogen to each manure pile. Now, what did that mean to the farmer? It meant that every crop that person had, if they, let's say, they had corn growing by their house and then they had an apple orchard 50 yards away, nature's own intelligence in that manure pile knew exactly what each crop needed in perfect proportion. Wow. So Steiner. It's awesome. Steiner says to these farmers, you guys have to get back your dairy cows because by selling them, you have totally broken the ecosystem and the subsoil. Most of them could not because they had already spent the money. So Steiner said, okay, then we have to create a system, A, of compost that exactly replicates nature, which he did, which is dairy cow manure, those organic herbs, dried and infused into uh, what looks like crop rows using the earth's own lunar cycle for the magnetic force, so they're infused at specific times of a lunar cycle and then he said, more importantly, um, in addition, we have to develop a system of life which he calls biodynamics, and that's the collaborative communication between the human, the animal, the plant, and the soil so you know, my story is I, I I was not a science major, I was not a farmer, I was a screenwriter who stumbled into biodynamics when I read an article um, on the Wine Spectator magazine touting Benzinger Vineyard as going green, and it had the word biodynamics written across the face of the magazine. And I'd never heard the word before and opened it up and read it and was so passionately intrigued I dialed the phone and called them up and said, "I have to come see what you're doing." And got lucky, lucky or fate or whatever destiny if you want to call it. Um, the guru on the other end of the phone, the biodynamic guru, said, "Well, you've got 48 hours to come because I'm going to Africa and then Stings Vineyard. So if you can be here in 48 hours, great." So I got in my car and drove up there. There in Napa. And, and got out of my car and literally had an what I call my eat, pray, love moment. My entire body resonated with this energy, and the inner voice said to me, this is what you're supposed to do the rest of your life. And I'll I'll share with all of you, my head said, that makes no sense. I, I was, I'm a long time sober, so I, I thought to myself, why would I have a vineyard? I don't even drink. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> but after he toured, you know, I toured that 2200 acre piece of property that they watered once a year and they had grapes that looked like you were on a movie set, no fungus, no disease, no pest, nothing. And all mm-hmm. they used was biodynamic compost and biodynamic compost tea. I was sold. I, I mean, my response was, oh, my God, I grew up in Malibu where, you know, we have hard pans that you can't even penetrate with a shovel why isn't this available to people? And he laughed at me, and he said, because farmers are too busy farming and vintners are too busy making wine. Right. And he, I said, well, I need, I need to hire someone, and we need to figure this out. So he introduced me to the woman who is now my partner, Gina Nonini of Marion Farms, and he said, you know, she's a lot closer to you. She's been doing this for 20 years. She speaks all over the world. Give her a call. And I did, and... um we we had tried it on, I don't know, 15 or 20 properties, and the results were miraculous. You know, you had soil that was like cement, and in a matter of a month or two became this beautiful humus, and more importantly, well, equally importantly, in this journey, I began to hear the story of, of of dairy cows today in this country, in our country.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
5: also should say that prior to this, I, um, I've been a vegan for a long time and I was one of the vegans who believed that the dairy farmer were, were oftentimes the bad guys. Um, and what I've learned through biodynamics is that the small dairy farmer, the organic dairy farmer, is not the bad guy. In fact, they love their cows. The problem is that um, in the in early 90s, they created something called the Kill Bill. It is <laughs> publicly called the Herd Retirement Bill. But what mm-hmm. it really is is a bill whereby if the farmer is two months late in their mortgage, which they inevitably are organic farmers because it costs them significantly more to take care of the cow than the co-op allows them to get paid. The co-op determines what you get paid the only equity they have that they're not allowed to borrow against are their cows. So if you're two months behind in your mortgage, let's say you were a small dairy farmer and you fell two months behind in your mortgage, your cows are automatically pre-sold to what we call the dollar menu. Mm
3: -hmm.
5: The dollar menu is McDonald's, Burger King, any place you go and buy a dollar beef thing.
0: Mm
5: -hmm. And then you have a year to catch up on your mortgage, which you never will because you've now lost your income. So when wow. I started Sacred Cow as a company, I, I wanted to create a program simultaneously that would help save the cows and their farmers.
1: Wow, and um, we're gonna be talking to one of the cows today yeah. named Blue. Yeah. Is that yeah. right? So tell us yeah. um how old is Blue and how did you um how did she come into your life?
5: Well, she came into my life because like I said, I didn't want to have a company that just merely took more from the farmer and the cow than was already taken. And I knew that we had to biodynamics, like I said, is gonna stop famine and save the world. So I went to my accountant and I said, I wanna I want to create this company so it operates like Newman's organics or something. Yeah. And he looked at me, and I'll never forget this day. He said, You're not Paul Newman <laughs> He said, You don't have that kind of money yeah, and I said okay. He said you can adopt one cow, mm-hmm. and then when you're profitable, we can we can move towards creating a a nonprofit, and and so that's what I did. And Blue was that cow, and Aww. she stole, stole my heart. Mm. And um, you know I've I've never had a cow. <laughs> I've rescued dogs, <laughs> and had horses, but never a cow. And um, you know, it was a horrible situation. She came out. She was already one of the pre-sold cows. She was about to be loaded on the slaughter truck to the dollar menu. Um, she'd never seen sun. She'd never seen
0: grass. I think
5: your listeners, you know, besides, I mean, I know you attract people that love animals, but let's say you didn't care one way or another about the animal. She was covered in abscesses, and in 20 minutes, she was going to be slaughtered to be a burger that somebody was going to eat. I mean, the whole thing is just
2: disgusting.
5: Mm. So what do we want
2: to ask her, tell her today? I don't know. I was going to leave that up to you and her. I sent in my form to you. I mean, yeah, I, you mentioned something about that she's moving to Santa Barbara, and so should I tell her what is that? what that's going to be like? That would be really cool. And also that um, I was – she's
5: up at a friend's right now, Organic Pastures, Raw Dairy, mm-hmm. He was kind enough to foster her because I didn't have a place for her, and um, I I I've gone through a series of medical issues, so I haven't been able to drive up there. I was going every month, and I just wanted to know. It's not. I think about her every day. I, I I love her, and I'm not. I'm. She'll be closer, so I can see her more. I think it hurt her feelings that I didn't come more.
2: Okay. Um, Are there going to be other cows with her in Santa Barbara? Uh, she's going to
5: come with her two sons. She, okay. um Here's a story about dairy cows for those listeners that you may not know. A dairy cow like an orangutan or a human. when When they have a baby, if you take that baby away from them, it breaks their heart forever. And they say that if that dairy cow were to see its baby five years later, they would remember that baby. And when I rescued her, she was, she had just given birth, and they'd taken her baby away from her. So when Mark of Organic pastor, said she could come live there, he warned me. He said, but she'll live in the dry herd, and there's bulls there, and she could get pregnant. And not that I'm looking to create, you know, more cows. I said that I felt that that would be okay because it would help, you know, heal her broken heart. So she had two, two sons, and they'll be coming with her.
0: And okay.
5: then so she's the place she's going, um, the people have rescued another cow, and they have other rescue horses, and it's it's they're really nice oh, people.
2: good. Okay, let me tell her. Hold on, let me get her. Okay. She said "I want that. I want to tell her thank you for rescuing me
3: because
2: I was really sick. I felt really sad." And I felt really scared. And I never knew myself until I left there. And then when I left there, I realized I was somebody. Mm -hmm. It was sad. But now I'm really happy. And now when I eat... I think my poop is good for the earth. (laughs) Right. I know I'm (laughs) going to be a Barbara because they told me. Will they have a big trough of water? Yes. Will I smell the sea? Yeah, she probably would, wouldn't she? Yeah, they have ocean view. (laughs) Yeah. You don't even have an ocean view. (laughs) Maybe if the soil changes around the earth, then cows will live better lives. Oh, you could tell her that my
5: goal, and if there's any, one of the things I put on your thing is my goal now is I've created a model that we can launch into a nonprofit, but I need an angel investor or something where we can go in and adopt Cows on the dairy line with the small family farmers. Like let's say let's say you had fifty cows and you were in trouble, I could be able to come to you and say, look, what if I give you? What if we adopt those cows out? Even though they live with you, you keep milking them, and you get whatever the slaughter price is because it varies from like three to six hundred dollars depending upon whatever. And you keep the cows. All I ask is when they're dry, they retire in the back to the back and they start pooping and creating more compost. And you farmer dairy person can become a partner in the compost as we go forward. And oh, wow. I think that one farm at a time we can end this travesty. They've killed half a million dairy cows in this country alone this year oh. due, to, due to the kill bill. And we can stop it. And, and, if people, and we can get people off pesticides and herbicides and we can end famine, all because of her, the dairy cow.
2: She said, I think that would be a great idea. Because I think all cows should have a chance to know themselves, like I have a chance. Interesting. Because you're always living in fear, and you're always scared of the prod. So I haven't seen a prod in ages.
5: She hasn't seen a what in ages?
2: It's like a cattle prod she's talking about. Oh, a prod. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I think I see one, but then I realize it's not one. Tell Denise I'm living happily. And I'm safe. And that's so important. And thank you. Oh, my God, how sweet is that? So cute. Mm -hmm. It's so nice that she knows, like, she knows exactly, like, what you've done. And, you know, like, I didn't really need, I mean, when you were talking, I was talking to her, telling to her to listen. And I was, like, sending everything you said, too, so that she would, like, really know the story as well. But she pretty much knew it already, which is so neat, I think. That's
1: all.
5: Awesome. I was able in the beginning to spend a lot of time with her. And then I was in a, my life went through a very painful, I'm in the middle of a painful divorce, and I had a near death car accident. And the result mm. was
2: I, w- I wasn't able to go as often. Mm. To yeah, see. but she was she safe them. and okay. It was okay with her. And is she mm.
5: okay with the move? She knows it's, that she has to move because she can't get pregnant again. It'll, it'll, she, that's another thing. She gave birth to a baby, I think it it was in August, late August, and it only it died because a cow I think I was told a cow accidentally stepped on it. And um, she got baby six. She almost died. She got mastitis.
2: Um,
5: and the reason we have to move her is she cannot we can't risk her getting pregnant again.
2: I'm okay with that, she said. Okay. I really oh. wanna be pregnant again.
5: What did she say? Oh, she doesn't want. To she be doesn't pregnant.
2: want to be pregnant again because when she gets pregnant, she gets scared. It's like it almost reminds her that she's gonna like when she's pregnant, she thinks it's gonna be taken away and she's gonna be a dairy cow again, you know. Mm. Oh, wow. interesting.
5: Tell her that. Um, okay, so on my website, one of her sons is the spokes cow for bi- biodynamic sacred cow. His name is Rudy um, after Rudy Steiner. Oh yeah, and his picture sister. is on the website. And will you just tell her that he's going with her, and James Dean is going with her. James Dean still needs someone to an angel to adopt him, but he's coming.
1: Yeah, so, I know, Mom. For all of our know. listeners, sorry to cut you off. I just want to let them know you can go to sacredcowcompost.com. dot com, and that's where you can find information about um, becoming an angel donor. Right? Is that correct?
5: Well, it's more. You can contact me at sacredcowcompost at yahoo the, the the sacred cow compost website tells tells Ru- Rudy's Rudy it's Rudy's website, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's more about biodynamics and and why we should all get off chemicals and use biodynamics.
1: But they can um, people can also contact you through through that yeah. website as well.
5: Yeah, and I would love to hear from people.
1: Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Denise, for being on our show. And uh, again, that's sacredcowcompost.com. And Denise, why don't you give your email out again?
5: Sacredcowcompost at yahoo.com.
1: Thank you so much for being on our show.
5: Thanks, Denise, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, thank you, and thanks to uh, Blue for for being on on the show as well. I know. she's
2: sweet. Do you, yeah. do you know that I have their compost all throughout my yard? And my oh. my soil was really bad. And um, because of their compost, I can grow all these plants now. And then we do the, her that sacred cow compost tea. We spray on the um, on the plants, too, a couple times a year.
1: Oh, wow. That's cool. I, I know how to get that stuff.
2: Yeah, it works for sure.
1: That's cool. So we're going to go to a quick call. Um, we have Midge who has a key shound. What's that? Do you know what that is?
2: Yes, I do know what they are.
1: Is it a I'll dog? I Midge
2: explain them. Yeah, they're two dogs.
1: Oh. Okay. Yes. Um, and, uh, Bo and Bo who deceased at 11 years old. Um, so let's talk to Midge. Hi, Midge. Hi. Tell us about Bo. Hi. Laura?
2: Yeah, so, Midge, tell our listeners about what your question is and what your issue is.
3: My question is, um, Bo and Winnie are brother and sister, Key Sounds, and they both passed away this year, and they have said that they would like to come back to me again in this lifetime. And I have an application to get two Key Sound puppies that are due to be born January. Yes, can you hear me?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, It's that, that I got disconnected, so, but maybe now um, was I. Okay, go ahead, talk again. So,
3: I have an application in to get two key puppies, a brother and a sister, from a breeder in Charlottesville, Virginia, and I want to know if they will be able to come back in that litter to me, because I know they want to stay together, and I found this breeder who will let me have a brother and sister, because a lot of breeders don't want to do that, and... Um, I w- probably won't be able to choose them, though. You know, um, she's going to pick up any show dogs, and then I will be next in line to get the first two companion dogs. Okay. So the the dog is having, the, the female dog is going to have six puppies. We know that.
2: Oh, wow.
3: So I'm praying for them to come back in that litter.
2: Okay, hold on. Let me get them. I'm going to get them and see if they're going to come back in that litter. Hold on. We're trying really hard. But sometimes I'm wondering if it's too soon. This is Bo. Why do you think it's too soon, Bo? Oh. He says that um, that that what they're trying to work out, which is complicated, but what they're trying to work out is how to make it so that the breeder picks both of them for you. Yes, yes. So it's not it, that they can't come back in that litter. They can come back in that litter, but they have all this other stuff to work out to make her pick them two for you. So. Is there, Is there
3: a way that, because is there a way that they are, like, assigned to me that there's, like, the universe is going to have it that nobody else will pick them? Yeah, that's what
2: she's trying to figure out because that's, like, a lot of doing, you know, because they have to make it so that they look a certain way where she doesn't pick them and then she doesn't. Think about another person for one of them. Like if it was just one dog, it would be easier for them. I know. It's it's two, but it doesn't mean that it can't happen. It definitely Mm -hmm. can happen, but they're still working it out. Wait, hold hold on. I feel like we'll get back to mom no matter what. This is Bo talking, and let me get Winnie. And like She says that she feels like the breeder has all these ideas. And she's really hard to, to sway her. Uh, well, I guess there's, if there are any show dog quality
3: in the group, those would be picked up, but then I am the next one in line to get, you know, a, and a brother and sister after that.
2: Okay, but you can't pick the brother and sister?
3: Well, I'm going to ask her, as, soon as, as, soon, as long as there's two boy dogs um, born to that litter, because one boy dog, if it's show material, is she has somebody who wants it. But then after that, after she picks up the show dogs, I think she may let me go up and choose. And I told her I wanted to try to get a boy and a girl that were, like, closer to, to each other than the oh. other, you know. Yeah. So I think she may choose after she determines if there's any show dogs, which won't be until they're eight weeks old, she's telling
2: me. Oh, okay, and I see that, and I see why they're saying why they think it might be too soon, because they're due when, in January? The dogs are due January
3: 18th, and then I am I would not be getting them to the end of March. So isn't yes. there where they could go into somebody else, that, like they could switch souls with another? With another one.
2: Well, well, if there's no, another
3: soul not. in it's that it's dog's body, mean- that they could switch souls with us.
2: No, yeah, they could definitely switch souls with another spirit that um, has been sort of along that process, or they could have been there all along without you knowing. I mean, reincarnation is so complex that it's mm-hmm. definitely possible that there was a part of their spirit always there, but if they're really trying to work it out, they have to make sure that there's enough, there's two boys, or and that right. there's... Well, and so that might also be one of their issues that they have to try and figure out. Because what if there isn't in that litter already? Yeah,
3: if, if there isn't and there's only – well, if there's no boy dogs, then it's out of the question Then I have to wait to the next litter because I want a brother and sister. But if there is at least one boy dog, then I still have a chance because if that one boy dog is not show material, then it's mine. Do you see what I'm saying? All she's going to do is at eight weeks, she's going to look at the six puppies oh. and say – you know, these are the yeah. ones that are picked out for show dogs and then and then I would be able to go up. So that's where it's getting really stressful.
2: I know, I hear both saying you might have to wait for one of us. You might have to wait for one of us. Really? Uh, I, I want them to be together. Um
3: what if, what if I can go up and choose at eight weeks, would he be able to, and if I chose a brother and sister, would he be able to see me doing that and make possibly, you know, trade souls with with another soul that was in those bodies?
2: Oh, it's possible, though, Midge, but it's not like they can just say. It's not, I know. It's not necessarily their decision sometimes. Like, sometimes it's governed by a much higher power. So. Mm-hmm. They can't just say, "Hey, I want your soul. Get out." Like that right. soul has to say, "Okay." And <laughs> and what it sounds like to me, by what they're saying, is that they might be able to manifest one coming back, but they can't mm-hmm. promise two in this letter coming back. Mm-hmm. And, well, I want—I know they want to stay together, so I want them to
3: do whatever if they I, can't.
2: What. What I would suggest you doing if you because I know that you really feel like they're in this litter is saying sort of saying okay i'm going to trust this process because you have really have no con- what you're telling me is you you really have no control until they're eight weeks
3: right so
2: you kind of have to just let it go and let them let them sort of work it out and then uh-huh. when the these are born and when it when it's time where you can go pick you make sure you get there to go pick and you will know if it's them or not because Do you you'll be drawn, if it's not them you won't be drawn to them i mean if she if you have to put down a deposit it's possible that they'll give your deposit back if you don't want the dog because maybe somebody else will want them
3: Right, and I don't think I want to tell her about this reincarnation thing. She's going to think I'm a nut. <laughs> She's not going to give me any puppies.
2: Right, <laughs> but some people might not be. I mean, you'd actually be surprised. But um, but I don't hear we're definitely both of us are in this litter. I hear
1: we could manifest one, maybe two. But you might okay. have to wait longer. All right, Midge. Well, let us know okay. um, what happens and uh, keep us posted on that one because we want to know who's coming back when. Eat <laughs> Um So we have only a few minutes left, and I wanted to uh, uh, didn't want to forget about our animals and Storm King and friends' words of wisdom today. So, I I, we do, should, we have um, should we do Aloha? Yeah, let's do Aloha and um, someone over in your household. Okay,
2: I'll do Beanie because she's looking at me. Beanie, honey, she's got words of wisdom. This is Beanie the Bunny. Beanie,
1: words of words- wisdom. I'm a
2: cow. I want a cow. <laughs> me too, Beanie. Beanie, what else, sweetheart? What other words of wisdom? I wish my poop was good for something. <laughs> oh Oh, she's so cute I just love her she's really cute that's not worth the (laughs) wisdom okay
1: let's go to Stormy
2: Stormy where's the or Aloha which one
1: let's go to Storm first
2: Stormy where's the wisdom I think everyone should trust that life will go on And tell that lady, with the reincarnation dog, just let it go. Everything will work out. If you want them together, they'll come together. But you might have to wait a little longer. Mm
1: -hmm. Storm, he knows. He knows. I really think we should have, um, one of these days, we should have a whole show where Storm is on the show with us. (laughs) I know it could get a little complicated with you and Storm and, you know, but, you know, we should try and work that out sometime. (laughs) I would love to do that. but This this is nap time. Yeah. We can make him stay up and... Yeah, well, we'll we'll prep him. We'll prep him for the future. What do do you think about that, Storm?
2: Okay, I'll let him sleep in and then
1: take him for a walk
2: right now. So he's hungry.
1: Storm <laughs> ask him, "Would he be interested in Are you to be
2: on the show for a whole entire episode? I already am.
1: <laughs> <I'm lovely laughs> I know him. you are.
2: I know he is.
1: Cute. I know he is, but you know, talking to the people, to the public.
2: Yeah, you want. You could talk to each person. I would tell that cow lady. I noticed your soil has helped our soil. <laughs> and I'd say to her, I never saw you come over. I <laughs> mean, that's why you brought it over, honey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's so cute. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, aloha real quick.
2: Aloha, where's the wisdom. Tell everybody I'm in love. Tell I have love all around me, and nobody can take it away. My mom's mom is better, and we're so happy. We oh, I thought so <laughs> mom, home, and she's feeling well, right, I?
1: Yes, yes. We're all doing very well. My mom is back in the United States. For those of you who don't know, we had a big liver transplant this year, and we're all happy and healthy, so great Christmas gift for us.
2: Oh, so neat. Yeah,
1: thanks to everyone for all their kind words and positive energy. I think that's what really brought it all together, so thank you yes, to and it everyone. Yes, it's my
2: liver for those new listeners. I <laughs> hate her mother, her, her liver.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, everyone, go to our Facebook page at Pet Psychic Radio and like us. Go to thepetpsychic.com for more information. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye, everyone.
2: Talk to the animals.